Welcome back to eConversations with Nave, the official podcast for the National Association for Business Economics and your one-stop shop for catching up on the latest in business economics on the go. Today's podcast is a webinar replay of the March 2023 NAVE Policy Survey Results Webinar held on March 27th. NAVE Survey Chair Mervyn Jebaraj and NAVE Survey Analyst Holly Wade and Kathy Bostjancic break down the results and answer questions from the audience. Mervyn is the Director of the Center for Business and Economic Research at the Sam M. Walton College of Business at the University of Arkansas. Holly is the Executive Director at the NFIB Research Center, and Kathy is the Chief Economist and Senior Vice President at Nationwide. Mervyn, take it away. Thank you very much. Um, it's good to join all of you here, and thank you for joining me here today, Holly and Kathy. We also had uh, Kathleen Navin, Sam Cater, Michelle Robinson, uh, Jan Hagraff uh, join us in developing this survey. Um, and analyzing the results of this survey, and Ken Simonson, Melissa Golding, and a few others at NAVE that helped us analyze these responses as well. So uh, I know a lot of you joining us here today are NAVE members. Uh, we had about 217 of you respond to this survey. So thank you very much for taking the time to respond to the survey. The survey was administered between March 2nd and March 10th. Uh, so if you're wondering about those dates and where exactly the Silicon Valley Bank uh, brouhaha started, um, you know, that was March 8th and 9th-ish. So about uh, only about a third of you responded to the survey after that. And we did check the responses to make sure that there wasn't any wild difference before and after Silicon Valley Bank. And all we can really surmise from the people that responded uh, at the very end of March 9th and 10th, and the people that responded early is that 60% uh, of you like to wait till the end to respond to surveys. Um, that was all we could find. Um, so I'm gonna do fiscal policy and I'm gonna pass it on to Kathy who will do monetary policy and then Holly will do the other domestic policy topics that uh, we covered in the survey. And then we will take questions. So if you have questions, please put them um, in the Q&A feature at the bottom. So the fiscal policy, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of change here that you can see between uh, all the way to March of last year to uh, the most recent survey that was completed. Uh, roughly, you know, March of last year, 50% of you thought that um, the fiscal policy was too stimulative. Right now, that's about 53%. Um, and so it's a you know small increase from August and a slightly a larger increase from March of last year. Um, most of you, again, think that this is about right. Uh, this is 44% uh, in March of last year, 44% in August of last year, and 41% uh, this year. And then again, the too restrictive, it's gone from 4% in March of last year uh, to 5% of panelists from the most recent survey. Uh, we did ask all of you, um, you know, what the primary objective of fiscal policy should be, um, you know, 50, uh, sorry, 47% of you, so nearly half of you said that the, the primary policy should be to promote uh, robust economic growth in the medium to long term. Now that was down, so it's 47% this time, it was down from 59% in August of 2022. Uh, and then the second largest portion of you, 35% said the primary policy. So the primary goal of fiscal policy should be reduced deficit and debt levels. 
Uh, that was up from 23% in the August survey. And then we had a sort of special question about uh, the Buy America provisions that were in the Bipartisan Infrastructure Law, the Chips and Science Act, and the Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, you know, nearly two thirds of you said that uh, as a result of the Buy America provisions, you would expect to see onshoring of manufacturing and electrical vehicles and semiconductor and chip industries. And 59% of you uh, said that these policies were likely to result in higher consumer prices uh, in these sectors. You're probably influenced by some of the news that we've seen in the past several months uh, about broadband delays because of these requirements, um, you know, some of the very stringent requirements in the bipartisan infrastructure law around requiring iron steel and manufacturing products to be made in America. Uh, delays in solar production as well because of some of these requirements. So uh, those were the questions uh, within the fiscal policy section. I'm going to pass it on to Kathy who's going to talk about some of the actual differences in opinions that you guys had in the monetary policy section. Thank you, Mervyn, um, and happy to speak to everyone today. Um, so if we look at uh, the question was asked, do you consider uh, monetary policy to be too stimulative about right or too restrictive, 26% um, um, in, in the latest survey uh, viewed stance as uh, too stimulative. So that was uh, a decline from 44% that we saw in March, uh, in August, and um, a large decline from a year ago, uh, not surprisingly, where 77% um, thought uh, policy was too stimulative. Uh, and then similarly, uh, when asked, is, is policy about, you know, the answer about just right, um, nearly six of 10 panelists viewed policy as being just right. Um, that was up from 46% uh, in, in August and just 22% a year ago. Um, and 14%, interestingly, thought um, policy was too restrictive. And that was the largest share holding that opinion um, in, a, in a decade. Um, take a look at the next slide. Um, do you the question was, do you consider current monetary policy to be, and again, just a different way to view this, uh, the um, looking at the uh, a time series of too stimulative, restrictive, or, or just about right. And then when you get into the um, actual forecast uh, for um, the interest rates, um, nearly two thirds thought um, the upper end of the uh, federal funds target rate by year end would be between 475 and uh, five and a half percent, while one quarter expect uh, the upper end to be 5.75 percent or higher. Uh, so that was really the, 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 the hawkish portion of, of the respondents. Um, and, um, you know, Right now, clearly, obviously, the Federal Reserve raised rates again. The the uh, target range four seventy five five percent right now, and and the Federal Reserve themselves is expecting just a, one more uh, additional uh, rate hike. Um, looking to two thousand twenty four, opinion is split uh, regarding uh, w where we end there, um, and it's it split nearly evenly between those. About forty percent thought. Um, the target range would be between 375 and four and a half by the year and next year. And similar 40% thought 
um, that it could be 475 to five and a half or be higher. Um, and then about 16% thought that um, the target range would actually be much lower, uh, 275 to three and a half. And just 2% expected to be two and a half, which is essentially the Fed's long run uh, Fed funds forecast or lower. Um, and then the vast majority, if you look out year end 2025, 80% thought the target range would be between um, either between 375 and four and a half or lower. Um, and when asked about the balance sheet, 71%, um, so a very large percentage, um, expect the Fed to continue uh, the balance sheet uh, reduction at the pace um, that, that it's currently um, communicating. And that's up from 54% in, in August. 18% of survey respondents expect the Fed to stop or slow the pace, and 7% um, expect uh, the, the pace to accelerate. And we could take a look at the, the next question related to monetary policy was how confident are you the Fed would be able to bring inflation down to its 2% goal without um, inducing a recession within the next two years? And their um, respondents pretty pessimistic and doubtful that this could be pulled off. Um, a bit over two thirds saying uh, they're not very confident or um, not confident at all <laughs> that the Fed will be able to, to achieve 2% within the next two years without a recession. 30% um, feeling um, confident, somewhat confident or very confident. Um, and that of course would be synonymous with um, a soft landing. Um, and lastly, you know, panelists were asked what would be the factors driving um, inflation lower. Um, 71% thought that would be due to tighter monetary policy, 44% uh, due to lower commodity prices, and then about 42% thought there would just be a realignment between supply and demand uh, with, um, in, in, in terms of supply chain management. Um, interestingly, looking through, there was also some optimism in that um, almost a quarter of the respondents um, thought that we would see higher productivity growth. So that is um, kind of um, interesting to see. Um, but in terms of you know where inflation would end um, 2023, um, seven out of 10 expected to be 4% or higher. So overall, um, a pretty uh, sticky inflation uh, response from, from the members on that one. And with that, I will hand it off to Holly to talk about um, the responses regarding domestic um, activity. Great, thank you, Kathy. Um, so looking at domestic policy, uh, we asked respondent or we asked um, uh, NABE members about when they expect the next recession to commence in the US as determined um, by the National Bureau of Economic Research. And 5% believe that we are currently in a recession. And this is a sharp decline from the last survey conducted in August when 19% um, believe that we were currently in a recession. So kind of moving down the calendar um, with this survey. 
And another 16% said the second quarter of 2023, where they expect the US to be in a recession. And about over a third, 37%, um, believe in the second half of 2023. And another third, or just about a third, uh, 34%, 2024 and later, um, with almost or over one in five saying that they expect it in the second quarter of 2024 or later. Um, so again, from this survey to the previous survey in August, um, kind of moving forward down the calendar as far as expected recession in the US, um, again, as determined by NBER. Um, then looking at uh, Congress and, and the debt ceiling, um, you know, negotiations are starting to ramp up and there's a lot of news related to what that might look like as far as the US um, uh, whether we could default or what panelists expect to happen. Half of panelists um, put the probability of default at around 10% or higher, while a half list the probability at 10% or less. Um, the median of the lowest five responses is zero, and the median of the highest five responses was 65%. Uh, so, and then about half of survey respondents, 47%, anticipate that the combination of spending cuts and new revenue sources will be the likely path to raise the debt ceiling later this year. And about one in five panelists, 21%, believe that negotiations will end with a clean debt ceiling increase um, to, to you know, not end up with default or, or, or uh, complicating um, that issue. Um, another one in five, um, I'm sorry, 10% said panelists foresee significant spending cuts in line with the proposed proposal from House Republicans as the most likely path. And 15% of panelists cited other uh, solution. And only 1% believe the likely path is the US defaulting on its sovereign debt. So most do anticipate about half that it will be the combination of spending cuts and new revenue as the likely path through the negotiations. Um, when asked about uh, policy related to China, three quarters, 74% of survey respondents stated that uh, tightening controls on U.S. exports to China of sensitive high-tech technology goods is a step worth taking in the trade relationship with China. Um, another 35% believe the U.S. should maintain existing tariffs on imports of Chinese goods. And a bit over a quarter, 27%, uh, are in favor of restrictions of outbound U.S. investments in China. In contrast, 29% uh, of respondents supported reducing or eliminating existing tariffs on imports from China. And then lastly, um, among those important policy issues of current Congress, we asked survey um, respondents or participants um, to rank what is most important to them as far as public policy. And immigration came out on top, followed by fiscal policy and then climate. And those were the top three uh, policy issues of importance. Following that, energy, infrastructure, 
and tax were the next three named for top issues by over 20% of respondents. And then after that, citing trade, industrial, monetary, public health, and social policies as the top issues, but those were all in single digits. And so that wraps up the domestic section of the, the policy survey. Thank you, Holly. If you guys have any questions, please put them in the Q&A. We do have two that have come in so far. The first one is, does current monetary policy in the survey, the way we described it, mean interest rate today, or does it include the expected interest rate hikes in the future? Kathy, do you want to comment on that? Yeah, sure, Mervyn. Uh, so it was, it was current monetary policy as it stood as of during the survey period. Um, so this actually preceded the, the, the latest policy um, change that we, we got uh, last week from the Federal Reserve. And then I think this is for all of us, maybe, how does figure three coincide with a soft landing? Which figure three was the uh, one that, uh, you know, yes, that's figure three, there you go. Would we be able to achieve an inflation goal of 2% without a recession? And I think it was 53% or so said that there was going to be a recession. At some point this year, 5% think that we're currently in a recession. Um, so. You know, I think at least NAEP uh, respondents to this survey were pretty confident that we're not achieving a soft landing. <laughs> at least the majority of them are pretty confident we're not achieving a soft landing here. Anything else, Kathy or Holly, you want to add to that? Yeah, I would just add that, uh, that, that that's right. And and what you see in, in the pie chart there is that if you add the, the share that's somewhat confident, confident or very confident, it totals 30%. Um, so 30% um, think that basically a soft landing is possible, right? Because it would be, your, the question was, you know, do you think you, the Fed's going to be successful in bringing inflation down to 2% and without inducing a recession in the next two years? So that that would essentially be a soft landing, um, but less, less than a third of, of us, you know, thought that was true. We want to speculate here. Do you think that response would gotten worse since the survey was in the field? I would think it it was already kind of downbeat, but I think it get yeah, I think it would get worse. That would be my view. I we we were asking Holly off the record, right? How small <laughs> is feeling? Maybe we'll put her on the spot. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, although it seems that looking at the probability of a recession, people are, you know, kind of pushing that further and further down the calendar. And so while there's still, you know, pretty significant pessimism out there, whether this is going to be a soft landing or not, um, it's happening a bit later, you know, than, than we expected in the previous survey. As far as small firms are concerned, um, you know, the recent news with the banks and um, and that we haven't seen much. We haven't heard much from our members about tightening credit conditions or even them worrying about uh, tightening credit conditions on their end. It doesn't seem to be kind of rising to the surface. We'll see in our next survey um, for the month of March, which will 
get those data um, at the end of the month and release them the second Tuesday. But there's still, you know, from before and from what we've heard this month, just anecdotally, you know, the uh, the tight labor market and inflation pressures, and even a lot of supply chain issues are still pretty relevant for the small business sector. But you know, thankfully, banking has not risen to the top. They don't need another <laughs> problem in in you know those challenges, those challenges that they're facing in operating their business. Um, there is a question here about, uh, is there some consensus uh, in talking about no more interest rate increases going forward uh, because of what happened with SVB and the financial system? Yeah, I'm having to take a stab at that first. Um, so, I mean, I'll answer from the vantage point of what we see in the bond market, right? The pricing, the Fed funds futures, um, there's a 50% chance looking at it right now of one more 25 basis point rate increase and in that coming in May. And thereafter, the market starts to price in odds of, of rate cuts. Um, a rate cut is fully priced in um, by, well, actually by July. Um, and it, 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 the market's saying by January of, of next year, or let's say by year end, you're looking at a Fed funds rate around 420, right? And, and that's down uh, quite meaningfully from, from where we are today. So not quite uh, 100 basis points, but approaching that. Um, so pretty aggressive. So either market, I mean, it's, it's always hard to, to slice and dice what, what investors are saying. Uh, it could be that on one hand, you've got very pessimistic people thinking the banking crisis is going to, is not contained. Um, so they're pricing in very, very aggressive rate cuts, maybe you know double what we see here. And then others saying, well, this is all going to blow over. And the Fed, maybe will raise rates one more time or two, but they're going to hold it there for the year, for the rest of the year. So you kind of get an average when you, when you look at the Fed, you know, what's pricing in. Do you think they've moved too quickly? I mean, it seems that, you know, predicting uh, rate cuts at some point this year is at odds with Powell's statements, all of his public statements so far. Yeah, I mean, our own view is um, is that they'll raise one more time and but but hold it there throughout this year. And even if they're done, holding it there makes sense um, unless we unless this banking crisis reemerges and and you know, becomes much bigger right um, but I think what we've been taking away from Powell is that a recession isn't enough to to get them to to cut rates it has to be inflation is lower and service inflation is still very sticky What about, uh, I know in our survey, we asked uh, respondents about the balance sheet and they, you know, 71% they said at the time uh, between March 2nd and March 10th that uh, they expect the Federal Reserve to continue to reduce its balance sheet at the pace that we're currently going. Um, you know, by some measures, uh, given the prices that happened, they've reversed maybe about half of the uh, reduction in balance sheet that they had done so far uh, to respond to this so what, what does that look like going forward? Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty wild how that has happened in just, you know, really a matter of a week. And then, of course, 
see the second week of data, it doesn't change much. Um, so it's different, you know, what they're doing now, these emergency sort of insurance actions are different than QE, you know, full out QE. So it's not really offsetting the quantitative tightening, but it is on the balance sheet, you know, no doubt. But um, I think, you know, going forward, there's going to be this kind of like uh, tension a little bit on the surface, but the reality is they're going to continue. I think QT uh, until they actually cut rates, which probably not for a while, but we'll, we'll see. Holly, what are the top concerns of small business owners today? Uh, right now, it's all about the labor market and inflation and dealing with having to increase costs and remaining competitive, not knowing how much they should increase costs and whether they'll be able to sustain that if you know the economy does start shifting a bit and impacting their business um it's you know it's managing all of these challenges the small business owner has to make all these very difficult decisions themselves and increasing compensation to recruit and retain their current employees and to fill their open positions um so it's it's a lot for them to manage and still think through what it might look like in the next uh six months to a year whether those are you know short-term uh, decisions that will have longer-term impacts because you know it's one of those you increase compensation and it's hard to take those decisions back down the line if you can't afford them um so those are the big challenges um as far as uh increased interest rates many of them are telling us not the challenges of having to absorb those cost increases on the financing side, but their customers, if they're selling goods and products that are typically financed, that they're seeing a slow up of consumers or customers coming in their store buying those goods. And so that's a lot of the um, kind of feedback that we're hearing from small firms is more on the consumer side of things versus their, their financing. There was one more question about whether we should include SVB in the banking crisis in the next survey. So the next survey will be in August. We try to be as current as possible. Uh, fingers crossed that we won't be dealing with the banking crisis in August, but if we are, uh, we certainly will add that as a question. So if you guys have any suggestions for questions, um, there was a place for you guys to put that in while you filled in the survey. Uh, you can obviously contact any of the survey panel members as well to send suggestions or questions. We're happy to take them. Um, and with, with that, um, I think we will wrap up our webinar for today. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to seeing a lot of you uh, in DC tomorrow, actually. I just remembered. Mm -hmm. There we go. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of eConversations with Nave. To make sure you stay up to date with our latest releases, hit the subscribe or follow button. For more information on Nave surveys, please visit nave.com slash surveys. If you'd like to become a survey respondent, please email nave at nave.com.